All right, welcome back to Air Yards, a football podcast for fans who like to go to the bar and talk about football because sitting at home alone, it just doesn't cut it anymore. I'm your host, Brandon Kwok, here with my co-host, Ethan Lee. Hello there. And rotating intern, Pavel Rosman. Je suis dit, je ne veux pas faire. This is why he's still got intern uh, status. <laughs> he's speaking in languages that we don't recognize. Um... I owe them. What? I owe the fans that because I told them I would. Oh shit, you t- <laughs> None of you guys listen. I didn't even remember that. Wow. I think it's mostly because we assumed it would not have to happen, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, we're feeling good, guys. Week three is in the books. Well, you're feeling good. Um. Well, I assumed that when I felt good, everybody else felt good. Is that not the case? No, I think you should have been taught that at a very young age, but I will get into it a bit, I guess. Well, anyhow... We'll talk about why I'm perfectly fine with the way things are going in the NFL right now. Um, but first, we have some things to get over. Uh, Pavel, do you want to talk about your little side projects, your intern projects? Um, right. So, uh, no score got me this week, but it was pretty close. 32-31 to 31 was the Giants-Bucks game. We've had nine games of that before. Uh, and then the surrender score is pretty good this week, 99.7%. Uh, for those of us, and potentially myself included, talk about what the hell a surrender score is. Sure. Um, John Boy came up with this idea that, you know, uh, if a team punts when you know, they really shouldn't, uh, you know, he's going to judge them based on uh, what time in the game, where their uh, yardage is, uh, if they're behind or ahead, stuff like that. So um, Seattle punted to New Orleans in the New Orleans uh 39, which is not great. Uh, it was fourth and four, which is a very makeable uh, first down. Um, it was in the first quarter, so that doesn't really affect it. You know, if it was in the fourth quarter, that's even more egregious. Uh, but they were losing by a touchdown. So um, they get a surrender index of 46.25. Uh, the numbers are hard to kind of discern, but uh, the rank of it compared to all 46,000 punts. Uh, puts it in the 99.7 percentile uh, this season and the 99.2 percentile of all punts ever. That's the update. That's uh, pretty cowardly. Enough already. Who is our sponsor this week, Ethan? Who we, where are we getting our money? Oh, great question. Um, I was too tired to think of one, so uh, we'll uh, get back out of that next week. All right, so we're just going to cut that. I want to just go into news? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A mess. All right, so um, news, I guess. We should talk about some of the storylines surrounding the NFL, not kind of necessarily tied to games. I'd say maybe the biggest one, out of the weekend at least, or maybe I'm wrong, was uh, the uh, Barkley, Saquon Barkley injury. I think he's, what, like a high ankle sprain? He's going to be out. I saw maybe six to eight weeks. Yeah, the early estimates closer to eight. I mean, especially with this kind of injury, you, people always rush themselves back and then are perpetually injured for the next, like, three years. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they're going to be competing, so it's worth rushing him back. But uh, kind of I don't know, I don't know. Or... If Dan- Danny Dimes <laughs> it looks like they... He might have that team on a run. He might, um, but also it's more of a kind of fantasy implication thing, I would say. A lot of people would have taken Saquon in the first couple of picks in their draft. 
Yeah, this is a this is a big blow to fake football, but realistically, if you're the Giants, you you can't you can't rush him back. He is your franchise right now. I get that Daniel Jones just had a good week, but Saquon's the franchise. Do not ruin him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of fake football, uh, Cam Newton is out again for week four. Uh, you know, basically, yeah. So, uh, I mean, he looked very bad the first couple of weeks. So it's not really surprising to see him miss some extended time. I don't know if he used to kind of get himself right or if he'll ever be right again. Uh, but Kyle Allen obviously played, you know, as well as you can play coming in as a backup. Albeit against a fairly ass secondary, but I mean, you can, okay. I know we use this to kind of discount the Cowboys for their success so far, but really, you can only beat the teams in front of you. So uh, he did. He did all right. Like it, it is your first NFL start coming in throwing four touchdowns. Oh, he was it's like, I'm not going to discount great. That at all. Like I mean, I'm not going to knock him. He was fantastic, but you know, I. I think they're playing the Texans this week, so we'll get a maybe better look then. But, you know, they could have no complaints. He's kind of earned the right to start more games. Especially with the way that Cam has produced the past couple of years. It does really, I don't know if it starts a QB controversy, but maybe picks up the conversation of whether or not Cam is the answer going forward. But maybe that's just I me. think it depends on health. I think unless you're getting a healthy, healthy Cam Newton, I feel like... Um, Kyle Allen, if he is who he seems to be, probably at the higher floor. Okay. But I think you know if they're both playing near their apex, you know, we you know, Cam Newton's still a beast. True, and I, to be fair, Cam has not had the weapons in recent years that he has had earlier on his in his career. So maybe that is why he felt the need to take more of it on himself. We'll see. Uh, it's yeah, I mean, we saw. Greg Olson got two touchdowns. You know, I haven't seen that in about four years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what other news? Uh, Keanu Neal, he's an Achilles injury, I think. So uh, he has had a rough time the last couple of years. I think he missed a lot of last season. He missed as well. all of last season with the ACL. Yeah. So a uh, rough time for him. Very rough time for the Falcons. They were pretty bad again. Uh, I mean, that defense was pretty bad to begin with, but. This just kind of confirms yeah. that the Falcons are not the team that went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. No, far from it. Matt Ryan's done. Matt Ryan, I forgot he won an MVP. Like, that happened. Yeah, well, Kyle Shanahan won an MVP. Just uh, Matt Ryan was, like, the proxy. Sure, but, like, it's just like that happened. And here we are. Like, Matt and Cam Newton. It just feels like sometimes they give out the MVP to guys who are just like, they had a good year, which I guess is the point of the award. But MVP is such a perennial honor. It's just crazy to think of like some of the people that have won it. Yeah, that's fair. So, I don't know. Like, Tom Brady has only two MVPs, but six Super Bowl wins. And Matt Ryan and Cam Newton both have an MVP. So, it I was going to say, Cam, Cam Newton as well, who we just talked about. Um, so, yeah, it, it is kind of given out to some people and not others. Just crazy. All right, yeah. what else do we got? Um, I don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. Can someone tell me? Does anybody? <laughs> he has a deposition, he has a deposition in a, a case in Miami about 
Uh, I think it's something with real estate. Um, <laughs> he also has announced, uh, I think, via Instagram story that he has re-enrolled at Central Michigan. Oh, he's back at school. He has four classes. Yeah. I'm here to play football. Care less about all that other. <sighs> it's a lot of fun to watch. It's it's yeah, not it's, anymore though. I think it's gonna be on fun to watch. That. Yeah, I am sick, sore, and tired of Antonio Brown. Like, just, like, fuck off out of the public eye, as far as I'm concerned at this stage. It, especially, it feels like a lot of the news that we hear out of him, and maybe it's just because I really only tune into sports media around game times, but it's just, like, covering the actual product on the field now, and he's not even on the fucking field. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, especially as the season so. started, we just talk about who's actually on the field, you know, making plays, not... You know, I don't know, allegedly assaulting women and uh, going back to school. Right. Just, it's too much. So, all right. So that's news of the week going forward. Uh, big things happened last week. This is big the... games, too. Um, obviously, only three weeks in, but we're starting to kind of see some trends going forward and uh, some good Do things happening. Do you want to go wow, first, seeing as you're so chipper? Get it out of the way. No. No. <laughs> Please no. come on. Let it, I'm gonna let it simmer. Um, do, do you want to start? Do, do you want to get yourself out of the way, Bob? Just kill yourself early. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be kind of like a rant, um, not in a really great organized situation. Go for it. The Eagles played Detroit Lions, who I was extremely confident we would, we would destroy uh, at home uh, against uh, kind of a weak team. Clear. It's about the stupid. I gotta say, it's the stupidest thing in sports. And we lost by three. So uh, this is another loss in, in a row, uh, both games within uh, four points, which is kind of hard to swallow. Um, so, I mean, what are all the awful things that happened? Uh, the Lions returned a kickoff for 100 yards. Um, uh, we, oh, this, they ran, they, they rushed three guys, and they still got two sacks. In a row, the Eagles have two sacks the entire year. Um, Fletcher Cox has three uh, three tackles. Sorry, three tackles. And right now, um, Carson Wentz, uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, and the punter Cameron Johnston have two tackles. One fewer than Fletcher Cox. Um, seven drops, two fumbles, uh, which led to six points. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is in his fifth year. So, I mean, yeah. have we all seen the video yeah. of the guy talking about the fire? Do you want to <laughs> explain the video real quick for those who haven't? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so there's a, there's a man in Philadelphia who is, is uh, being interviewed about this fire and how he saved some children's lives, you know, they were throwing people out of, of the window to, to sort of save them, and uh, we'll play the tape, we'll get the sample of it. Oh, my man just started throwing babies out the window, but we was catching them, unlike Aguilar. So yeah, Philly is pretty crazy, and um, I mean, he's, the dude is like, literally in the middle of a fire, and it's still on his mind that Alson, or that <laughs> Nelson dropped the ball. You know, that is still so important to Everybody, I guess. Uh, a lot of passion. What else was terrible? Um, Carson actually had a decent game considering everything. I think just 
the team shot him in the foot on, on purpose. Uh, I mean, if you look at injuries right now, uh, Darby, Alshon, Deshaun, Camagruger Hill, Timmy Jernigan, who's coming in for Blake Jackson, uh, Jalen Mills, and Carvalho LeBlanc, uh, Corey Clement. I mean, it's like half of the team, right? I think three, four of them have uh, a ring from the Super Bowl. Like, these are serious players that we're, we're losing and putting in, you know, uh, Nate Gary as our starting linebacker. Um, we, we have Matt Collins starting. You know, like, this, it's really, really painful. Um, we fortunately have the third fewest penalties, um, but again, the second fewest sacks, which is, I mean, that matters a lot more. Um, while we're talking about penalties, uh, Tony Carrenti, the referee, um, maybe, possibly, had the worst no-call in the history of sports. Um, he, he face-masked. Love. Oh, that's a foul! Really the worst no-call in the history of sports after what happened in the uh, NFC Championship game I'm last year? I'm also going to throw in the Fail Mary. Shut the fuck up. Fun. You got a free face mask to throw another Hail Mary. Do not even speak to me about that. You say fail Mary, not hail Mary. We're talking about the other one. You got a free face mask, so they balance each Who other cares? out. Um, they do not. They do. Uh, in in the same in the same situation in the same situation, um, Jordan Matthews got absolutely drilled head to head with another no call. Um, it wasn't the same referee. Thursday. Oh, stop it! Stop it! I think the referees hate Philadelphia. They're out to get us. Um, that sounds like talk from a guy who just is trying to, yeah, I, I really, am I bitter? Of course I'm bitter. Um, if, yeah. if the wide receivers didn't drop seven passes, Carson Wentz would have gone 26 for 36, 72%, 300 yards, and we wouldn't lose the game. I mean, it's infuriating. It's really infuriating. Next week. Yeah, we got a, we got some big big things coming up next Thursday. Huh? Playing on Thursday <laughs> in Green Bay. Sure, why not? And uh, I think we'll just yeah. Um, I guess I have nothing more to say about the Eagles and the Lions. Do you, Brandon? Uh, I think the Lions are incredibly underrated, but they're still the Lions. Like, there's nothing to make me believe that. They, it, I, lo- I think for once, yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing right now is that they are going around saying that they're undefeated. They're the it's second like, best team in the NFC North on the biggest technicality you could possibly find. Like, they're they're undefeated because they tied the Cardinals. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Can I just? You're calling the Lions underrated. Uh, Ethan predicted them five and eleven. You predicted six and ten. I predicted nine and seven. I was the highest one by a margin. I'd still think they're going six and ten. I don't think they're going to do much better this year. Okay, so they're underrated, but they're still going to lose ten games. Okay, well we're all wrong anyway because of the tie. But yeah, that's true. I did. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> yeah. predicts a tie, damn ties. They always happen. They happen. All right, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll get my team out of the way, so... I mean, I feel like I'm not as dejected because going in last week, I kind of said... 
injuries were mounting up and we were going to kind of see if the Chargers could deal with the injuries or if they were just going to get kind of, you know, push and try as hard as they could, but kind of fall short at the end. And that's basically what happened. I mean, when you're missing your kind of four of your starters in your secondary, you know, that, you're playing a team like the kind of Texans with the weapons they have and Deshaun Watson, if he ever has a bit of time to throw, he's going to pick you apart. And that's kind of what happened. They gave up four or five huge plays throughout the course of the game, and that really changed everything. Uh, Philip Rivers was running for his life a lot because, obviously, the O-line's in pieces. Uh, yeah. I, I, I saw enough to think that the Chargers could still win yeah, maybe nine, ten games if you know, they get lucky or you know, someone comes back earlier or something, but uh, definitely not a contender at this moment in time. But I was very impressed by the Texans. They uh, kind of came out, took care of business. Deshaun Watson's a freak. Uh, didn't even have to rely really heavily on DeAndre Hopkins. Deshaun, Deshaun only faced pressure. Uh, yeah, uh, very impressed. It, it, this stat is 13.9% of his dropbacks against the Chargers. Ah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, their, their, their O-line looked much improved. I kind of couldn't really believe it. I was thinking, going into the game, oh, we've got Bosa and Ingram, you know, he's going to be under pressure, that'll be a big impact for us, and they're all really kind of held strong for a lot of the game. Alright, let's do it. What now? So let's get this over. So, in 2019... Uh, the Green Bay Packers are 3-0 and going into a big Week 4 matchup that we'll get into in a hot second. Um, this is not surprising to those of us who believed the fact that this team was much better than their past record had indicated. So just pointing that out. Uh, but additionally, I don't know. I'm actually, in all seriousness, sort of concerned about the <laughs> the offense uh, through three games uh, we haven't really seen a whole lot of improvement we've seen points scored do better uh, they went from 10 to 21 to 27 but still we're seeing an issue where they just can't sustain drives outside of the opening drive and that is not good <laughs> they just for whatever reason have an issue putting together a long drive and fortunately, our defense has held up its end of the bargain. Uh, currently, the Packers are leading the league in turnover margin at plus six. They have 12 sacks on the year, which is actually very incredible. Enough already. Uh, especially considering all the uh, money that they spent into the uh, defensive line over the offseason. You know, Preston Smith and Zedaria Smith have both been... As advertised, uh, Jair Alexander has been a lockdown corner. He was obviously on the team already. Adrian Amos has been pretty solid in the back. Uh, draft capital with Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage have proved to be pretty good. Um, but the marriage between Aaron Rodgers and Matt Floor has not gone as well as expected, and I think that's where we're going to see the most issues going forward. Yeah, he has, um, I think, what, two touchdowns out of three games. Um, I wasn't watching all the games. Uh. Three touchdowns, I think. He has a touchdown a game. <laughs> I mean, look, he's if he's winning. Yeah, it's just the defense has been pretty, you know, kind of 
encouraging, but I would just say the offense has been really ugly to really describe it, I would say. It's just been very kind of clunky and mechanical and you get like a quarter like the first quarter against the Vikings where it's kind of humming on all cylinders and you can see what it can be and then it'll suddenly just bog down and it's borderline unwatchable. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't watch the Packers games right now for the offense. Although, to be fair, I am less concerned as I think I would normally be just because with it's Aaron Rodgers. You have to believe that there's going to be a kind of a turnaround at some point. I mean, yeah, and even if your defense is going to be good enough, then you know, he can just provide that like Peyton Manning on the Broncos that last year. You know, kind of just enough to score. You know, even if it's like twenty twenty four points. Sure. Because your defense can keep you in the game. And. I'm not saying that that's that's what we are going to be. Because I think would be a little blasphemous. I don't think our defense is anywhere near that kind of Broncos. But oh no, but I also don't think Rodgers is as bad as the uh, washed Peyton Manning. So took over was one of the most accurate deep throwers throwers in the NFL. Sky's the limit no, here. I, I think oh, it's no, mostly no. just that we do not have the weapons. We had we have Devontae Adams. We have the skeleton of Jimmy Graham and a bunch of question marks at wide receiver. We have Aaron Jones, who's very good, but when it's raining, he is mitigated because he can't do quick little guy things when it's raining. Yet I get he scored two touchdowns, but they were from like two yards out, so it doesn't really count. I think Pat was delighted you uh, threw shade on Jimmy Graham. It's No, he's he's been just atrocious through three games so far. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh... Will we move on to KC Baltimore, which was probably the marquee game of the week or weekend? Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, As advertised, honestly. Yeah, I do just have one thing to say. Can we stop comparing Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? Like, yeah, it was like a kind of close game, and, you know, Lamar played like, all right, and Mahomes was great, and stop saying, like, oh, we're going to get to watch these two guys duke it out for the next 15 years whenever one is the best player in football and the other is a kind of you know, glorified waving his arms bare chested somebody stop Look that out, man. Yeah. yeah like you know like, lamar is fun to watch and all that but like me not i think it's offensive to patrick mahomes who is prototype michael are you an unbelievable unbelievable talent best player in football right and I think the thing with that is Pat Mahomes has earned it. Like we were doubting, or at least I was doubting Pat Mahomes through like week eight. I was like, I don't know. I just need to see more of it. And then he did it a whole year and he won MVP. And it's like, all right, you're legit. Yeah. Lamar Jackson had two good games this year. And like, I get that he played last year as well, but he was a very different kind of player last year. Yeah. And this year he played week one the Miami Dolphins, and we have talked about how that team is basically the cure-all for all offensive issues. And then week two, the Arizona Cardinals, who are just as hapless on the defensive side of the ball. So what this tells me is that Lamar Jackson is a good player, but he is not what everyone thought he was. He's just been faster than everybody else's whole life. He's like the kid on the playground who gets to be quarterback just because he's slightly more athletic than everybody. doesn't mean he's any good at it. 
that's the point. Like, Dolphins were outscored 133-16, to 16, which is, up to the third week, the worst team ever. So you're right that he, he does get some, some bonus for that. Um, do you think that Baltimore's a good team right now? Um, I would say yes, just because I think their defense gives them like a base level of kind of competency, and then the Ravens, although Lamar isn't like this like great passer yet, I think they I'd have say enough. They're a top if they're like weird gadget shit, if they want to kind of resort just like more run heavy, I can think. I think it's like a lot for defenses to kind of hang with over the course of the game. It's Fifteen, maybe top ten team. I don't think they're anywhere near what people are putting them as. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say they're what like a top like five, six team in the AFC. Okay, uh, five. Yeah, I mean they're definitely in the AFC. I mean you've got Pats, Chiefs. I don't know, like who or Chargers maybe. The do we get to count the Texans? Like I think that more than anything, more than anything, I think the AFC is just prominently being displayed as a weaker conference. Detroit is undefeated. It just is. You've got your top yeah. two teams. There's a lot of holes now that the Chargers are. The Chargers are just being the Chargers right now. The Texans have holes. Uh, and everybody else is just kind of holding on. Uh, Buffalo undefeated. Oh, yeah! <laughs> he didn't miss that one, did he, partner? Um, Gardner Minshew. I, like, I'm just, like, throwing shit at the wall. Right, uh, but that, that, that's kind of the point. It's like we can't definitively come up with one team or player that would make a huge difference in the AFC right now. I think right Gardner now. Minshew does. Right now he is third in uh, jersey sales. Um and I think an eighth in passer rating. So he's both a good player and lovable. On a team that is one and two. Take it easy. So, but that's the thing. It's, uh, I don't know. Some goofball in a hat. I hope they go one and 15, and then he wins. Uh, is he a rookie? Rookie of the year. That'd be great. That's my wet dream. <laughs> Uh, do we want to talk about the Teddy Two Glove Show? And by Teddy Two Glove Show, I mean that the Seahawks aren't as good as we thought they were. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And the Saints are going to be all right for a few weeks. Drew Brees. I think more than anything from that we can gather, we knew the Seahawks weren't as good as we thought they were. Like, that was pretty evident. No. Um... I thought this. Well, they're still a, one of the better teams in the conference. I just don't think that they were, they're not a playoff team. And if they are, they're a fringe wild card. I'm just saying. Like, more than anything, I think it just shows the Saints can hang around. I didn't think the Saints defense was as good as it is, but that I'm clearly proven wrong there. They were great. Lattimore is a sicko. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, maybe, maybe they feel they had to kind of, you know, maybe step up a bit because Breeze went down, I don't know, but they really come out to play. Yeah, I believe that game came down to the Saints leaning on the things that they just do better, like defense and special teams, rather than trying to force Teddy Bridgewater to win that game. If, if Teddy Bridgewater was put into a situation where he had to 
come back from, say, three or four down and score a touchdown to win, I don't think it happens. Yeah, I think it's kind of a lot of game management, but just at like a, but a higher level. Oh, absolutely. Like, not going to kind of piss the game away, which is all you need, really, for your backup. If you've got the infrastructure in place with, you know, a couple of strong receivers, a good running back yeah. option. He's got everything he needs. Okay. On the other hand, um, Jacoby Brissett looks also very similar, but maybe with a worse team. Uh, you know, nobody around him. Uh, I think their roster's pretty good. I mean, T.I. Hilton yeah. went out injured, but he's been fantastic when people were kind of anticipating a bit of drop-off of his numbers. Marlon Mack, obviously, is very solid. Um, but he's I don't not think... Camara. You know, that's what I'm saying. Marlon Mack actually has more rushing yards through three weeks than Alvin Kamara. And I get that that's, again, three weeks. And... Now, uh, so many of those games will turn and twist and turn and change. and That's the witching hour. The quality of the player does not dictate how many stats they're actually going to get. Yeah, but I don't think but the Saints of anyone as good as, like, Darius Leonard. I'd say Cam Jordan is. I mean, they play different roles, but. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Okay. I'd much if I had to pick a roster, I'd pick the Teddy Saints Bridgewater roster. And, and which quarterback would you pick? Similarly. But if I had to pick the... Cor- Brissett. Brissett, easily. Big brisket. Oh, yeah, I think Brissett has way more ability as a passer than Teddy Bridgewater does. He also has more, like, recent reps. Yeah. I mean, Mew Bridgewater has played maybe, like, what, four games in the last three years? This was his first start since, like, no, no, he did start last year, but like his first win maybe since 2015. Big things coming up: uh, New Orleans and Dallas on Sunday night. We've got Battle of the NFC North in Minnesota and Chicago, um, and then the three of us. We have Los Angeles and Miami, and which is maybe the only time we're ever going to talk about Miami as an actual game segment. And then the game of the week Thursday night. Philadelphia coming to Green Bay. Um, do you want to do that first or leave it to last? We can leave it to last. It's the two of us. Did you see the temperature for game day on Sunday? We're playing indoors. Yeah, okay, fair. I guess we'll talk about the old... I'll do the Chargers and Dolphins first because that's just sort of a pointless game. Um, Chargers don't get any injuries. And, uh, yeah, that's really all there is to it. I mean... Uh, the Dolphins hung in for about a quarter and a half there against the Cowboys, but you uh, and then realized they have an undrafted receiver as their leading receiver, and then we're yeah. like, oh yeah, so, we're bad. If Miami wins, what language do you have to speak on the podcast? Uh, I think he has to quit coming on the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be more painful. He has to take yeah, a hiatus. I'll be um, out sick next week. I'll put me on IR if. Uh, you and you and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Can we, uh, just mentioning that real quick. I, he actually might be sick. Like I, I get with the whole thing going on with him right now, but I'm pretty like he, that. Just feels like a silly thing to do. To call in sick if you're not sick. Like, yeah, I think I'd at least cite an illness, not be like, "Hey, I'm sick." But yeah, uh, I'm done talking about this game. I really don't care. The Sunday night one, Dallas and New Orleans. I think that'll be, uh, it'll be nice to watch. You know, to see Dallas actually play a real football team. Yeah, I mean a real football team and a real defense. Like, I think the the biggest story 
for the Cowboys this year has been their offensive revolution under toddler offensive coordinator, whatever his name is. Not Case Keenum, but basically Case Keenum. Kellen Moore. Um, yeah. Um, well, there you go. And again, looking back on it, the Redskins defense is trash. The Giants defense is trash. Miami. This is a team with actual players playing football. And honestly, the, the Cowboys couldn't destroy the Dolphins the way that they were supposed to. So this kind of makes me believe that they are not as good as people are making them out to be. Um, yeah. I mean, there's also something to be said that when you go into a game and you know the Dolphins are dog shit, you, you don't kind of go into it with the same mindset and intensity as you well, would. That's just bad coaching, then. Another game. That's terrible coaching. You should go into every game like it's important. Thursday. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Why do you think the Patriots always take care of business? <laughs> no yeah, matter who they're playing, they just go in and win. I know, but I don't think we should really kind of talk down the Cowboys for not being the Patriots. I think you can say it's bad coaching. I think it's entirely human nature to go in and play this shit show of a Dolphins team. I kind of know you can play in, like, second gear and win the game. Right. If they play down to them, they play down to them. It's not that a coach can tell them to do that or not to. Uh, and if we do want to bring up a coach, uh, Jason Garrett probably should be fired. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, but that's the point, though. If the coach is kind of, like, the coach should get them prepared to say, you, look, you need to go out there and win this game. If he's not kind of creating the culture where every game matters, then, you know, they're going to have mental lapses down the road. I mean, it's the Cowboys. They're going to have mental lapses no matter what. But yeah, I mean, well, the Amari Cooper trade kind of saved Garrett's job. Really, they were headed for a boatload of nothing last year. Yeah. So, anyhow, um, on the other side of the ball, Teddy Bridgewater getting another start. It'll be interesting. Um, I think the Cowboys defense is a little bit better than the Seahawks. I would be inclined to agree. Yeah. So this will be interesting because he he really did not look good for three quarters of that game. Yeah. If he wasn't completing a short little screen pass to Alvin Kamara, he was wildly inaccurate. He looked jittery. He just took off every chance he could. Oh, can we talk about the time he tried to do a keeper on the one-yard line and the the ball stuck at his dick? He couldn't raise it up to uh, try and break the plane. That was pretty funny. I mean, that was going to be my my award for later. Oh shit! Sure. Sorry, that was great. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, no, that was that was bad. Yeah, that was like probably the worst keeper I think I've seen. Um, yeah, I guess also it's worth mentioning that the Dallas line, like their offensive line, is much much better than Seattle's. Right. So as even though I don't necessarily believe in the hype in Dallas, I do think that they end up winning this game. I think they they don't need to, but they really should just for kind of carrying on their own uh, like right kind of narrative and momentum going forward fair i think here it's a kind of they need almost the, the game plan definitely needs to be get ahead enough to where teddy bridgewater has to win the game like it's the same thing with like the bears you get ahead to the point where you say mitch jubitsky you beat us and we see what's happened in the past where he really can't he runs with the 50. He runs with the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. He got yeah. he got lucky against the Broncos, and we'll see what happens tonight. But Good yeah. idea. All right. Talk about the NFC North real quick. 
Oh yeah, um, you can do that through your sure. rifles. Uh, so the reason we're highlighting this is because there's really not a whole lot of other games to talk about. I'm watching football at 1 o'clock. I'm watching football at 4 o'clock. I'm watching, and you know, you're in the witching hour, so don't bother me in the witching hour, okay? But all things considered, it is going to be a pretty good game. Uh, rivalry games are always fun to watch. Minnesota and Chicago have two of the better defenses in the NFL. Uh, Minnesota just dismantled Oakland, and we'll see how Chicago does tonight. But it's going to be the NFC North is going to be a really hotly contested division for most of the year. So this is going to be huge to see who jumps out to kind of a divisional lead. I don't think I, neither of them have a division win yet. So totally agree with you that it'll be really important to see who's like a actually good team against each other. Right. Like, like I think we talked about it in our NFC North review, but this kind of feels like a division that's going to go like nine, nine and seven across the board. And so these wins are incredibly important for determining who goes to the playoffs and who might be sitting at home. Uh, yeah, I believe it is. I really don't have a have a pick here. I, I don't know what the line is, and I don't think I will know until I see what happens tonight. Yeah, um, I yeah, it's in Soldier Field. I have no idea. Okay, well, I mean, who cares? Should know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, just worth mentioning that a uh, Monday night's primetime game is the winless Cincinnati Bengals taking on the also winless Pittsburgh Steelers. So make plans so on Monday. You can't, uh, yeah, you can't flex games out like you can later. in the, I think week six is when you can start flexing games to Sunday night for prime time, but man, wouldn't it be nice if they could flex the Monday night games? Yeah, that's pretty painful. <laughs> just give you a reason to watch it. Yeah, just ima- oh, imagine the commercials for this. We might uh, have to buy one. I hope they tie. That's <laughs> oh, gonna be bad. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. You two. Game of the I've been talking a lot, Mister Osman. You take us. Okay. So, um, the last time uh, Carson Wentz played uh, against the Packers, it was in Philadelphia. Uh, the wide receivers were Doriel Green Beckham and Bryce Treggs. Uh, and we lost. Um, I think Brandon and friend of the pod, Lenny, uh, were at that game. Am I right? So that must have been a lot of fun. Sure was. This next week, uh, Carson Wentz will once again play Aaron Rodgers, this time in Lambeau Field, the uh, historic, venerable. Um, myself and friend of the pod, Lenny, will be visiting Brandon and uh, his own father. And um, one of those hairs is going to go home crying yeah so we got the schedule earlier in the summer saw that philadelphia had to come to green bay and as pavlo said friend of the pod lenny is going to be coming and he has never been to green bay he's never seen a game there and it is no matter who you are cheering for i think that it's really important to go up and go see a game in Green Bay if you ever can, just because of the history around the place. Um, the tailgating experience is going to be incredible because that's part of the whole thing. We're doing it slightly differently. Instead of just driving up ourselves because it's a Thursday night game, uh, we're going to be getting a party bus from downtown Milwaukee. So we are getting unlimited food and booze on the way up on the bus. 
and we have a tailgate waiting for us when we get there because that's part of the package and then we get a ride back down because it's going to be like midnight at that point and rather than driving our someone having to dd this felt like a much better option is it still good on a thursday evening so yeah uh packers are coming in three and oh a short week so it is a thursday night game but more than anything i think this is going to be kind of a strength v strength game right now so or at least the defenses are going to be kind of the, the talk of the talk of the game Philly D has been banged up a little bit, but it is still kind of clicking better than the offense. Um, Fantastic. And, you know, Packers offense, like I said, has been struggling to kind of stay the course for a whole game. So it's really, it'll honestly probably come down to turnovers and who can just kind of stick with the game plan the longest. Right now, Eagles are minus two on turnovers. Uh, Just before we get a little bit further, Packers are favored by four and a half. That doesn't feel like enough, but considering the home field advantage, like you get three for home field advantage. So like on a neutral field, one and a half. So I don't know if that's kind of not faith in the Packers offense or whatever the deal is, but strange for a team. Yeah, or is it maybe a kind of, you know, betting on maybe a couple of Eagles players being healthy this year, I mean this week. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. They had us. We weren't defeated, but they had us. Yeah, I think I think Alshon is definitely going to come back, which maybe will be helpful. Um, I, I don't think anybody from the defense is going to be coming, so uh, bet the over. What is the over-under? I, I wouldn't necessarily know if I would bet the over on this. Like maybe he meant the spread. 48 and a half. Yeah, okay, I'd bet the over. 40 and, 40 and oh, a half, wow. definitely bet the over. So it's big. Obviously, we have our own own takes on who's going to win the game. We're not going to pander to that. Um, that is week four. Big things coming. Yeah. Next time you guys hear this pod, it's it's going to be a different world after Brandon and I have a, a chat to heart to heart. Oh, yeah. It's also worth mentioning that after you go to Green Bay, you are coming to Ireland. That's correct. So, um, so there may be a bit of a live same room action on the pod next week. Yeah, within whatever the next next seven days, I'm gonna get to see both of both of my co-hosts, um, both of who I missed extremely dearly. And yet, Ethan and I will still have never met. <laughs> we'll work on that. I get to watch. Oh. I get to watch football with both of you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> One cool. day. Yeah. That is quite cool. That's just unbelievable. That changes the complexion of everything. All right. Um, enough of this, uh, you know, circle jerk. Let's uh, get on to, speaking of jerks, actually, the uh, Cialis Award for the biggest letdown. Uh, Brandon, I might have uh, slightly um, prematurely ejaculated your case. Do you want to... No, I, I'm nominating Teddy Bridgewater because he clearly had used the product beforehand um, and thus could not get the football to where it needed to go. <laughs> so That'll be uh, tough to beat. Um, mine this week is going to be kind of Mason Rudolph and the Steelers' offense because 
they managed to have five takeaways on defense from the uh, 49ers and still lost the game. <laughs> that one's, that was incredible. I think you have to look at some, you know, you have to pretty, go pretty far back in the stat book to see someone get five takeaways and not win a game. You also have to really try to lose. Yeah, so I just felt bad for their defense. Mika Fitzpatrick was great, actually, by the way. Um, I, I'm going to stab myself in the heart. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this clip. Uh, it was in the fourth quarter. Eagles are, you know, starting a drive. And I uh, guess every lineman just stopped playing lineman. Um, I mean, if you actually watch the clip and just circle each one, um, and this is against, again, uh, a three-man rush. I, I have no idea how, you know, a supposed to, supposedly vaunted offensive line let three, you know, average-ish uh, defensive linemen. Yeah. It's, it really let me down. Yeah, that's, uh, I think we should maybe tweet that out later on. That's something everyone should see, just because it's so bizarre. <laughs> they just look back at Carson Wentz getting tackled, and they're just like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, my bad. Um, so if we're going to vote, I'm going to vote for Brandon, just because it is the epitome of what this Seattle is all about. I have one, so unfortunately I'm going to have to vote for Ethan. Well, I can't vote for myself here, that's rather frustrating so i guess i gotta vote for ethan oh uh, well i'll take it i'll i'll share the podium with you because uh i will try and find that teddy bridgewater thing i'm gonna try to find it now in a long time. Guys, but... so hold on let me understand this if i vote for ethan yeah. and ethan um, votes for brandon and brandon votes for me do we have a three-way tie for the seattle's award then we are truly stuck in the devil's three-way no, I'm just asking what the rules would be. <laughs> I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a night in the clink coming up. Right, but we've under... No oh, one likes yeah. Ties. <laughs> uh, we're we're sexual, sexual podcast. Um, anything else this we're week? We're actually... We're going we're gonna to commission a new intro song. It's a little bit more R&B for the sensual sounds. That would be so much more fun. Yeah, we'll do. So um, I don't know why I got really into the, the this idea of um, you know kind of trying to hack or, or loophole the NFL rule book because you know, we've clearly spent a hundred years trying to work on that. Um, but I was I was kind of reading some old stuff and I saw a couple of videos uh, and I just wanted to talk about uh, what the rule book looks like uh, today and what it was and uh, how it is in motion. So. Um, if you look back at, in 1962, there's this photo of the Colts goaltending a field goal. Um, obviously, the, at that point, the, the goalposts were still in the end zone, um, but you could goaltend it and jump up and block it. Um, obviously, <laughs> it would be more fun, but obviously it would, it would make the game... Uh, I mean, not, not as not as great on like a nice long field goal, and uh, so they decided to, oh, to yeah, change yeah, that, yeah, ball that was great. rule. And so right now, if you were to do that, the the kicking uh, team would get either three points or fifteen yards. They could pick, um, but the point, you know, the the law existed, and they saw something, and they thought we don't think that should be part of the game. They changed it or added something. So one of the one of the most recent ones that I think 
uh, it was it was an awesome awesome thing until yeah. they they changed it. Um, is trying to drain the clock. So uh, offensively, uh, should we remember the Ravens where they they took the the punt and then just held everybody until zero seconds and then took a safety. Yeah. <laughs> um, the defensive version of that, I don't know if we paid attention then, but the 49ers held all of the Saints receivers um, until you know the clock. It was a, it was a half, but uh, halftime hit zero, and they got one more play, but they you know they couldn't. They were they were way too far to do anything at that point. You know, kick a field goal or something. So uh, the the NFL did not like that, <laughs> um, and they. They look through the book and they uh, they have a, a line clause basically that says uh, if there is a palpably unfair act, then it can be uh, you know removed or, or uh, attached to something so that you know you can't do that going forward. Um, so nowadays the offensive and the defensive version of that are uh, you would get an unsportsmanlike conduct if you do multiple fouls to manipulate the clock. Uh, but the NFL book isn't really clear so far uh, that you could do it to yourself, like the way the Ravens did. Um, I think the best way, you know, would say that it is multiple fouls. But um, one of the things that they haven't touched yet um, is, a, is a coach, Buddy Ryan, who came up with this idea. It was called the Polish goal line, um, where you try to put a player on or off the field, I mean, on to get to get 12, um, before the play is snapped, if the, the play is still running, um, you'll get called for the penalty, but the other team doesn't get that. Uh, you, get, you get a penalty for, for the 12 men on the field, but you don't get the time oh, back. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you'll get half the distance, right? So if you're, whatever, two yards away, now they're one yard away. But There's the like 10 seconds. 10 yeah, that's seconds. pretty smart. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday. Sorry to interrupt, but there was... um. Someone was taking a kickoff, and they uh, just kicked it straight up in the air, it's like you know, kind of like a, like a like a drop kick. So the other team called fair catch, so the clock wouldn't run. Instead, so, you know, if they clicked it like back normally. Then if they would tackle the clock, would run so that they saved a timeout that way. Which is really really smart. Yeah, I really I really love how they're doing this. The um. The NFL suggested in 2012 that they were going to review the, the Polish goal line thing, but I've done a lot of research and I haven't found out that they've attached the palpably unfair clause to what Buddy Ryan could do. So it'd be really sick to, to see that happen. Yeah, I actually love the kind of manipulation of the rules. So that is my research for the week. Thanks for that. Actually, I'd, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I like this segment. I like learning new shit. Brandon doesn't care. <laughs> I think Brandon's <Yeah>. asleep. <laughs> no, I'm here. I think that I don't know, it's it's fun. It's rather than talking about the the last week more like we did last year. It's just like let's learn stuff. It's just, let's just. You know. What did we just see? What's well, so the new of you're like kind of in the office tomorrow or whatever? Anyway, it's. You can kind of explain something. You've learned something new you didn't know before. You have some fun new water cooler talk. On any other podcast, someone could tell you, oh, well, Lamar Jackson, great running the ball, blah, 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 blah. Here you get cold, hard facts. I right, think anything with else to talk about? 
that we might call tonight. Um, we're we're recording Monday, so we we haven't seen the Monday night game. Um, but by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, I'll either be in Brandon's apartment or on an airplane towards that, and um, it'll be a really really fun week, everybody. Yeah, enjoy yourselves. Uh, I think I better make like a tree and leave. Good night, Ethan. See ya. Are we not going to do our ending? No. The one that is like kind of scripted? We have... What ending is that? (laughs) The one that we do every week? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It's just like, wait, what? That's not it. Brandon, you have to start it so that we can clip our... Oh, dear. I think that I think that should be the ending. I think that like pause and like wait. Is this not we the ending? Should that should be the ending. Give the Facebook, Twitter, etc. Alright everybody, that's our show for this week. Air Yards music is provided by Kevin Blue. Uh, you can check us out on the web. Fucking hell. Uh. Alright, so I'll 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 cover the ending then. You can go to bed, Ethan. Alright, we'll talk to you soon. Alright everybody, that's our show for this week. Air Yards Music is provided by Kevin Blue. Catch him on the web at Kevin Blue. Just check us out on the web. Uh, Instagram at Air Yards Podcast. Facebook at Air Yards Podcast. Uh, Twitter, I am at Chips and Quack. Ethan, who is ceremoniously and suspiciously absent, is at Ethan L55. And I'm Old Pablo Rosman. Honestly, I think this is terrible doing all this. I think that we could have stayed in Philly and come on Friday or Saturday.